Hey everybody, Dave Hodges here, host of the Common Sense Show. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, we may stay an entire show for this and cut out our extra segment because we've got a lot to cover and uh, we'll, we'll kind of play that by ear. But we have John Wayne back for what we're dubbing a part two. And we're going to be covering something related to part one because everything is controlled by information. I mean, if you have information, you can control things. And we're going to get into this here. It's called the Internet of Things. And if you ask 10 people what the Internet of Things is, you're going to get 11 different answers. And so what I, I told John, I said, it's probably the thing I know the least about. But what I'm finding out, it's also the thing that most people know the least about. And when there's secrecy, there's trouble. And we're going to sound it out here in this interview. We're going to be comparing notes. We know that we're going to cross several different domains, scientifically, economically, politically. And uh, we're going to bring a lot in. It could be kind of hard to track. But here's the good thing. You're going to have access to this show over and over and over again. Just go to KYH, KYAH. That's our home station, and the archives are there. We put a lot of these interviews up on the Common Sense Show, and you'll be able to listen multiple times. I did an interview with Celeste Solemn today, and I have to tell you, <laughs> I've already listened to it twice. It's it was so I, I've taken three pages of notes. Uh, it's incredible the information you can get from shows like this. So anyway, I, I I hope this is to your benefit. We're trying to get everybody ready for what's coming. And uh, listen to me, folks, if you're not right with the Lord, this is the time to do it. Before we go to John, I need to let you know that there are these three standing products I believe very strongly in that every American needs to have an abundant supply of. Number one, you need to have storable food. Listen, there's more news today about food. Uh, more nations are announcing restrictions and shortages and so forth. And the U.N. has jumped on board with that, too. They said uh, more people going to bed hungry than in 15 years. I'm not sure how they measure that metric, but I'm glad they said it because maybe private enterprises will get in and fix it. But right now, you got no private enterprise coming to your rescue. You need to take care of your own business. You've got to feed your family. And you say, well, how much do we need? Well, if you ask FEMA, it's six months. If you ask Bob Griswold, the resident expert on survival today, it's about two years. Say, so, wow, that's a lot, Dave. Yes, it is. That's why I say if you've you got to give up some things to get to that level, because you don't have long. Once food inflation and regular inflation hit, your buying days of this are over. I'm sorry to say it, but it's true. Well, how long do we have, Dave? I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball. I can tell you this. We ain't getting to Christmas. No one's worried about a Christmas retail season because there isn't going to be one. So I, I hope that kind of guides your choices here. So what do you get? You get 25% off the four-week emergency kit. You go, I need more than four weeks. I know. So you order four weeks, four weeks, and four weeks. Save 25% all the way through the order. You get restaurant-quality food, 2,000 calories per day, and 25-year shelf life. How does that sound? It's better than anybody else. And they can deliver. During the crisis, the pandemic, they delivered. Most people didn't. Most of the companies went out of business. This company, MPS, got stronger. Preparewithdave.com is the place to go. That's preparewithdave.com. Hey, also, too, communication. I interviewed John Moore, and I love telling this story because John Moore is one of my heroes. Uh, Medal-winning, award-winning soldier, Vietnam, Green Beret. Uh, John's a man's man. And I asked him once, I said, John, what was the worst event you ever had happen in Vietnam? And he said, when we lost communications, that was the most frightening thing ever. And it's interesting because he... Um, he, he was very clear. Well, 
they're going to take everything down. They're doing a drill on August 11th where they're practicing cyber grid takedown. If the government's worried about it or practicing for it, choose your poison, then you should be worried about it or practicing for it. So what do you do? They take down the internet, take down your cell phone. How are you going to connect with your family? That only works if you have a sat phone. So really, yeah, Steve Poyle and I are endorsing the heck out of this because we know what's coming. And this is the only thing that's going to survive. And there's one additional advantage. Imagine you're in a remote area. Your cell phone doesn't work. You're in trouble. Your car breaks down. Your sat phone will work. Your cell phone won't. Don't you give them a call. 855-980-5830. 855-980-5830. Tell them I told you to call. One more thing. Noble Gold. There's a crash coming. We've alluded to that. Do you have an IRA, 401k? Well, you need to get out of harm's way. Noble Gold can convert this to precious metal coverage. If you leave it attached to a business or a bank that fails, and remember, Wells Fargo just canceled all their lines of credit yesterday. Okay, That's a warning sign, folks. And if you want to preserve what you put into your 401k and your IRA, you need to call Noble Gold. They can make that conversion for you. They also do other things. In fact, I'm going back as a customer again for the fourth time next week on some other issues because things are changing. And uh, I went from advertiser to customer. So, ladies and gentlemen, really quickly, the bottom line is this. If you call Noble Gold, they won't pressure you. They'll work with you, and they'll make recommendations based on the questions they ask you. 877-646-5347. That's 877-646-5347. And just like the Brits, we do our commercials up front. But, ladies and gentlemen, I do them up front for another reason. You really need to take seriously what I'm saying here. If you don't buy from one of the companies I represent, that's fine. That's your choice, and I I don't denigrate that choice, but you do need to do something. Don't come knocking on my door. Your neighbor's not going to help you. You think the government's there to help you? Is Joe going to be there passing out your one hamburger a month? I don't think so. Please take care of business. Well, John Wayne's a frequent guest on our show. He usually appears once a week with updates been a very popular segment that we've kind of taken on in the last several months but we've asked him to come back twice because we wanted to cover the internet of things in our last interview and we got so bogged down with world war three which is really really important that we didn't get to the internet of things and the internet of things is the war of things against the people that's what i've determined uh i i don't even know who's watching me now when i take a shower Of course, I think it would take someone with a strong intestinal fortitude to do that. But nonetheless, it's crazy out there. John, give us a definition of the Internet of Things from your perspective. Well, you know, I started researching some of this about five years ago when I started seeing it make waves in the news circuits. And, you know, it started with uh, Energy Star compliant devices like your hot water heater, your thermostat, your refrigerators, you, you name it. And that was the first kind of mentioning of this. And that, I mean, that was probably about 10 years ago now or so. But five years ago, they started mentioning the Internet of Things mixed into absolutely everything. And um, and they made it to where they wanted to integrate this into society while saying, okay, well, you know, your children's toys are going to be hooked up to the Internet of Things if they have a Wi-Fi connection or a Bluetooth connection and if they have a camera. And um, it's moved from that to now every single thing is connected to an nth degree from uh, computers to phones to televisions to the fax machines. Uh, I mean, my God, if fax machines are even used anymore, I don't know. 
But the thing is, is this is the construct of what they have made for what they want to do to move into this technocracy and or so-called transhumanism. Oh, boy. So you think this is about singularity combining man and machine? Oh, absolutely. Without a doubt. You know, what was it? Singularity they were wanting. I mean, it was almost I think it was almost five years ago where they were saying, Dave, that they were going to have singularity within five to ten years if i'm not mistaken and i think they've got it (laughs) i just um i told you i had the interview with celeste today Mm -hmm. it was a 38 minute interview that we probably had four hours of information on um being an old veteran of academics i can tell you my note-taking skills are pretty good and when I get three pages on something, that actually is about a half a book. And I just was floored at what I saw. But let me share with you what one of the things she talked about on the interview. That's mm-hmm. over at the commonsenseshow.tv. And if you're not signed up for it, folks, you're really missing where we do a lot of our heavy lifting. Uh, this station here that you're listening to us on is not censored. Our TV show is not censored. Everything else is censored. So, John, here's what... Celeste told me she told me about it and and by the way she documented this with on-screen documentation so it's not like Celeste told me something and I'm running with it I've seen the documentation and so has my audience with their own eyes Mm -hmm. so here here's the deal Celeste said there's a robot out there they're basically calling it Sophie have you heard of this oh yes Sophia and Hans by Boston Dynamics well, the, the, the company is no longer Boston Dynamics. And, I, and, oh, okay. and, and I'm sorry, I don't have my, my notes are over in my TV studio and we're in our radio studio, so I don't have access to that right now. Uh, but I'll have it out there. I'm actually going to write a summary on, on the, my website about this. But yeah, Sophia was one. Uh, they didn't mention a male counterpart, but I, I know there is. And she told me, she said, the, this robot is indistinguishable between a robot and a human being. There is nothing that would be a giveaway. And so, you know, my mind, you know, goes to the bottom. What, what's the ultimate in human communication? Intimacy, emotionally and physically. Mm-hmm. And so I asked the question and she said, yeah, yeah, you couldn't tell. What I didn't ask it, I wish I would have, of course I know I'll talk to her again, but um, <laughs> I was wondering whether or not they could conceive how far can they go with this and mm-hmm. it's absolutely incredible what we're looking at here but this kind of has the blend of what you're talking about with the internet of things now let me tell you what else she said and then I'll let you run with this okay. there is a two-fold path towards singularity melding man and machine the vaccines and you've already alluded to this are making us more like machines and the robots are becoming more like human. There's two paths that will meet at a junction point where one will be indistinguishable from the other. Hence singularity. Yes. Yeah. Bingo. Bingo. You know, you know, and with that being said, you know, hence singularity, uh, the merging of melding of man and machine or vice versa. You know, with the uh, stuff they're putting into people, um, you know, uh, to the point of, I mean, it's almost unfathomable, 
um, this stuff is literally, uh, from what we've come to find out and understand by uh, people doing their due diligent research, is that this goes in and begins to self-replicate. Um, Celeste Solem's spoken a lot about the hydrogel, and this is the same aspect to what this is. This is tied into the Internet of Things, and people need to look into this. It's called graphene oxide. And this is uh, to the extent of what they are able to do with this through manipulation of the DNA structure and uh, snipping pieces out and putting pieces in, uh, generally a form of nanotechnology, is to attenuate the frequency of the DNA to um, receive coding, to do what is what it is sent to have done. And from what I've gathered, is that this technology, if it isn't already to this point, it very soon will be within the next five years, I believe, to where they can completely and totally, utterly hijack a living human being, I mean, excuse me, no longer human being, a person that has been taken over by this uh, nanoparticulate prion is uh, the best way I can describe it. You know, um, I think I'd sent you the video of the dancing nano gel. Right? Yes, you did. Yeah, you did. But I have to be honest with you, it kind of went over my head. Mm-hmm. So, you know, same here. <laughs> yeah, in terms, of, in terms of making holistic sense out of it, I'm thinking, okay, I get what they're saying here, but I'm not sure what they're trying to tell me. Well, the, the best way I could make sense of that video in its own right, and people uh, to understand this, uh, I th okay, I'm trying to. I'm going to try to draw a picture in people's mind's eye. Um, you know the little floaty man thing they've got out in front of car dealerships that's got two arms and it's you know got a big blower fan that blows it up and it you know does mm -hmm. this kind of a wiggly dance. Well, this uh, nano gel of what they were showing was it was being stimulated by frequencies. Uh, I'm assuming probably more than likely uh, within the five gigahertz band. Um, <clears throat> And what this was doing, it was literally making this move one direction or the other. And I think that this is one of the ways that they're going to get this uh, prionic uh, nanobot uh, prion to manipulate its way through the human body to fulfill the overtaking of that system. You know, and I come across some information where they're saying that this technology could get to the point to where, you know, it, it works on a form of a blockchain or a, a form of encryption. But eventually it'll get to the point to where they, through your own eyes, if you are infected with this stuff, they can see what you're seeing in real time. They can hear what you're thinking, or they know what you're going to say at just right as the words begin to slip from your mouth. Um, this is the merging See, of man and machine. That's what confused me, though. Let, let's stick with that one point okay. for a second. Do they read your mind, or do they just have pull the words as they're coming to uh, vocalization? I, I believe uh, both. Um, I, I believe it would be more on the mind-based set, though, to be able to read a person's mind. And it makes me think of this, Dave. Over the past two and a half, three years, I've had at least four or five people come to me out of the blue and say, I need you to tell me what this is. Uh, okay, well, I'll try. What's going on? Well, uh, you know, they're like, I was sitting there and I was thinking, you know, uh, my truck's kind of run down. And I was thinking about this truck that I really liked, uh, you know, a model that is maybe four or five years older. And he was kind of wondering what it looked like now. 
He didn't utter it, didn't say anything about it, didn't talk to no one in crossing about any of this at all to where it would be picked up on a microphone from a smartphone or a tablet or a TV or any of these other NSA uh, spying posts. These, uh... <clears throat> and he's told me, like I said, amongst with four or five other people with different scenarios, they just merely thought of it. And after they thought of it, it was about three or four minutes later, they're getting ads for it on their electronic devices. Wow. So I think, Dave, to a point, they've uh, got the technology. It's been released. To what degree, I do not know. But I have had several reports like this come to me out of the blue saying, hey, I was just thinking this. I didn't say anything about any of this. And here it is for an ad before my very eyes on one of my electronic devices. This is the Internet of Things. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to have to really... I'm going to have to really think about this. I was on someone else's device the other day, and I've been doing some training here with uh, karate, and it's, you know, shadow boxing and kicking and so forth, but it's all for workout. I don't plan to do any combat. I'm too, um, I'm not too fat anymore, but I, I used to say I'm too fat to run and too old to fight. But but I wanted to get this electronic punching bag and stuff to kind of measure my effort, do the metrics. And I, and I was looking at fun. this. You know, yeah, it, well, it is, and I have a pretty extensive martial arts background, and I'm thinking it's a good way to maintain conditioning. It's something I always enjoyed, and so I'm looking at this device when I'm in uh, on vacation in California, um, and it wasn't my device. We were visiting relatives, but I was looking on it, and I didn't come in through an account of my own, so now my ads are inundated with this particular punching bag from Fight Camp. Wow. Yep. And, I, and, and I didn't come into it through this deal. So, I, you know, I, I had mentioned, you know, to my wife, I said, yeah, it's a little on the pricey side. And I was kind of waiting to see if she'd want to shoot the idea down. And my son had any interest. And so I was talking to him about it in the car while our phones are on. So uh, I, don't, I don't know how they got the info on this, but I'm inundated with this. And now... Listen to this. I have an email that I use for a very specific thing. It's a very old AOL email, but I don't use it very much. And I certainly don't use it with what I do here. And I'm getting emails now with newsletters and product brochures from the company. Oh, my. Yeah, you know, somebody somewhere scooped up that uh, metadata and, uh, you know, uh, refreshed it back out. I mean, this is truly amazing to behold. You know, that's in one aspect, but to have somebody just merely thinking of something and then, oh, wow, there it is. I was just thinking that a few minutes ago. And, you know, and easily, and as even as we're doing this broadcast right now and somebody's listening to this broadcast, they're going to say, hey, you know what? Yeah, that happened to me there about three weeks ago or five months ago. Well, or, you know, there is something in the wavelengths. We have so many. Let me back up here. I'm going to digress real quickly to my psychology background. And I'm a pretty straightforward, this is how psych is, behavior modification, that kind of thing. But, you know, I didn't get it too much into the esoteric, but I did learn as I progressed through the field that I had to really look at what we called um, psychic phenomena, ESP, clairvoyance, whatever it was. Because we have experiments out there that if you have one person and they have 10 subjects and they're told to stare at one person 
way above the laws of chance, the person being stared at from behind that can't see it can tell that they're the one stared at. Way, that's like triple the odds that they know this. So we have these kinds of studies, and we've all had the experience where you're thinking of someone you haven't talked to in, in 20 years or 10 years, and all of a sudden the phone rings, and it's them. And you had no reason to be thinking this. You go, man, I haven't even thought of this person forever. So we've all had these kinds of experiences. Um, and now here's what I'm wondering, okay? So I'm not just digressing. I'm wondering if there is a framework out there that's frequency-based. I'll just give you the real quick physics as I see it. If, if you're in three dimensions, this stuff's impossible. But if your mind can transcend into the fifth dimension, we all know the fifth dimension's time and space, and so all communication would happen, every event would happen at the same time, and you would know the future as well as the past at any given moment where you're at. That's the theoretical quantum model. And what I'm wondering is they haven't learned how to tap into that. So if what you're saying is accurate, that they actually pick up on what we're thinking and they materialize it into some form of an ad, for example, then um, they've learned how to master the fifth dimension. Absolutely. I agree with that. And, you know, I was sitting here as you were describing that and painting that picture in my mind's eye. And I began to think that maybe synchronicity is singularity. I don't know where that came from. I don't know why I just thought of that, but I just figured I'd state it. Uh, you know, maybe synchronicity is singularity and they are literally, you know, they're figuring this out in, in, in live time. Um, I was reading patents here about uh, different things about four, four years ago. And it was in regards to uh, Wi-Fi fields and uh, tracking, you know, through the ether and the political ethereal smog, if you would, with the, uh, the, the ethereal pollution from these uh, electronic devices. And at, the, at that time, it was known that they can tell who's who by their gait, and for folks out there that don't know what the, the, a gait is, it's how you walk, it's how you move, you're just uh, locomotion of the body as it moves. They can tell who's who by reading these etheric fields of Wi-Fi frequencies by who's who, through who's moving through that by a person's gait. Um, you know, that's one aspect, but to harness the ability to read the mind or access, uh, like you said, it, um, Fifth, like fifth dimensional um, overlap or overlay, I think that this is one of the things about all the Wi-Fi too, you know, and the big push for the 5G, because they are able to literally in real time manipulate a person's stasis, a person's state of mind, a th their their well-being. I mean, you could be happy, they could make you sad, they could make you depressed. And it's not you. And, you know, to a point, I almost wonder if this isn't being exacted amongst a lot of the populace right now with a lot of the ways we see people just going about it. Uh, you know, just a lot of people are losing their minds, I guess, is what I'm getting at. But in the process of the so-called losing of mind, it is being helped by people or nefarious entities to control a person's uh, degrade, if you would. Uh, yeah. You know, what was it? One of these patents that came out here not too long ago that was uh, revealed speaks that, you know, um, if you are, let's say you're working at a, working in a cubicle, filing papers, and you start to get tired, and you start to kind of nod off a little bit, there's technology out there now 
that, well, they can just give you a little zap in your brain. You know, oh, you know, but nope, I gotta get up, I gotta keep working, gotta keep working. Have you heard of this? <laughs> um, well, I have, yeah. Um, your brain emits different frequencies when it enters different stages of sleep. So whether it's stage one or you go to stage three, four REM kind of thing, um, you have different frequency modulations. And uh, if you're on that same frequency, you can give a jolt to the brain. That's true. This is from work that was done by Jose Delgado, 1961. He was the pioneer in all this. And in my psychology classes very early on, I used to show a film where he did a bullfight in Barcelona, Spain. And he was a Spanish physiologist. And he said, I think I know how to manipulate the brain to change emotions. So he fought a bull, but he only had a remote control in his hand. And the bull charges him and he presses the button and the bull calmly walks away and it emitted a frequency that synchronized with the limbic system of the brain which is your emotional center and anger has a certain frequency passivity has another frequency so if he wanted a passive bull he'd go for the passive frequency he then went to work at uh, Yale Yale brought him over and uh, he was brilliant he was treating epilepsy successfully uh, he was able to show induction of, of mood states, so he it was thought he could help change personality disorders, depression, and so forth. But before he could complete his work, he disappears from Yale and goes to work for SRI, CIA. And he worked there until 2011. And he said something really telling, John, and I think this will get your attention. I, I saw an interview that he did when he came out. And not many people knew who he was, but but I had followed him basically my whole career and, and, and looked at his research and, and how what his research led to. So I watched this really carefully and he said, and I quote, yeah, we did these things in the CIA, but we did a whole lot more and there's some things here that I wished I hadn't been a part of. One month later, he was dead. Mm. And uh, that's Jose Delgado. People, I, they used to be a YouTube video. I don't know in their purge if they took it down, but you could actually watch the bullfight. Jose Delgado, just like it sounds, Spanish physiologist 1961 so John that that's that's um, my well, first introduction to this and then I got inter interested in quantum physics and how you manipulate the brain and then I met Nick Begich who has all the patents on how harp can change your emotions and so forth and I'm sure you're right. familiar with that oh absolutely you know I mean thinking of all of these things you know, I, it makes me think of Starlink, um, Elon Musk's uh, brainchild for SpaceX to pump 40,000 all-knowing, all-seeing satellites up there to track everything in real time. Uh, make no mistake about it that this vaccination is tied into this as well. They want a global control grid. Um, the 5G frequencies that are being rolled out um, ever more now than has been before. And I mean, for the love of God, they're speaking of 6G and 7G and 8G now. You know, um, man, yeah, I, you really have, I was really wanting to say something, but I lost it. But it would have fit in so nicely with what you were just speaking about. Um, my goodness, I hate, I hate when that happens. I do too. <laughs> but it's, it's not a sign of dementia. I, no, it's, I, a, it's, it's I, a sign I, of growing I, intelligence, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, out with the old and in with the new, right? You've got to have one replace the other. But yeah, I just I just read this today, by the way. They actually can predict now early Alzheimer's onset with over 50% accuracy by changing and driving habits. 
and, and, and what it is, it's one is um, these people um, tend to make more sudden maneuvers on the road than they used to. Uh, they don't like driving at night. Um, they tend to cut down the amount of trips and the, and the routes that they take. Um, and they drive slower. Hmm. Interesting. And well, they I mean, found it, that it, these it, were predictors of Alzheimer's in about almost 60% of the cases. And I mean, it, it, it just, it makes sense, honestly. I mean, if you sit back and you kind of think about it, eh, you know. Um, yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. Did I ever tell you about my friend Vance Davis? A couple of times, but you can continue. I mean, I'm pretty sure you've got a lot of stories. <laughs> well, th no, this is this fits to what you're talking about. I Go met Vance. Um, you know, I had the secret of what my dad did, and I had to hold it until, you know, both my parents were passed because uh, he would have lost his pension and my mom would have been dead broke, and, and I didn't really want to assume that financial responsibility. So I kept my mouth shut, but I was listening to Art Bell for the first time ever in 1993 and I heard Vance and Vance was talking about the secret space program which is something that my dad knew a little bit about and his work with the German scientists got transferred there and he saw some of the manifestation of that and Vance is talking and I think this guy knows what he's talking about I've heard this stuff before so I, I went through a lengthy process to get a hold of him because we didn't have the internet then and eventually Vance and I hooked up and come to I'm, I'm living in Glendale. He's living in uh, in Mesa. It's about 40 miles apart. And we used to get together on the weekends because we had so much to share with each other. Let me tell you what he told me. He uh, he said in his NSA training, and he was an NSA operative working in NATO out of the U.S. military. And he said that they were taught in their um, initiation that there was a war in the cosmos and the bad guys lost and they were cast down to earth. It sounds just like Genesis 6, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And, and that's um, true. Yeah, and Vance said, well, they showed up here and blah, 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 and then he described some details, but he said what they really wanted to do was they wanted to capture the human soul. So I would take this as Satan's revenge against God, right? So let's mm -hmm. capture the human soul of, of God's most prized possession, human beings, and he said they couldn't crack the secret. He said they're on a mission now to make man something other than being man. Now, the word transhumanism won't be in vogue for almost 10 years after, when he told me this. So mm -hmm. he's describing the transhumanism process in 1993. And right. he discussed concepts like singularity without using the terms. You know, he says that to you. He goes, Dave, I knew what I was talking about when I advanced you were on the money. We just didn't know the terms they were going to come up with to describe what you were telling us. Right. You know, and I just remembered what I was wanting to mention. Uh, you were speaking of uh, Jose Delgado and what he said uh, after 2011. You know, we were working on things that were just really not good. And this is my thought. Remember, remember here about, what was it, three or four years ago, uh, Google executives uh, stepping down from their positions, saying, yeah, all over what was known as Project Maven. Yes, yes, uh, yeah, I remember that now. And they wanted to, you know, from what I gather, is they were working on a facial recognition targeting platform is my best guess as to what they were working on. And people said, hey, man, this goes completely against my code of ethics. I don't want nothing to do with this. I don't want my name on it. I quit. So that's also tied into the Internet of Things. Look at all the facial recognition cameras. And, you know, I mean, what is it? I mean, I've heard it. 
I don't know how true it is, but it's been said that some of these guillotines that were, uh, you know, purchased and stored in areas around the country are to be ran by facial recognition software. Have you heard this? No. I've heard this. I know. Listen, let's back up. I know about the ICD codes. I've had nurses send them to me, billing agents send them to me. I know that guillotines were brought in as well as uh, um, the same gas that they killed the Nazis with. Um, I know all that, but I don't know what the, qu- the answer to the question you just asked me. Yeah, I had uh, just through listening to a few different folks and doing a little bit of research and study and just putting things together myself, you know, this Project Maven, I mean, not only for uh, killer drone swarms, I mean, that stuff exists, they can deploy them from F-16s at like 30,000 feet. <clears throat> that was in, supposed to be incorporated into Project Maven for, you know, to hunt down and kill uh, the target. Um, and I had heard that this same technology is to be used for the guillotines as well. Now, you look at all the facial recognition cameras that are on dang near every street corner and light post across the entire nation, not only here in this country, but the entire globe, for that fact of the matter, any Western civilized society. And, I mean, they have got the lists made. And, you know, it's, it's just amazing to see all of this and be able to see it for how we can weed through this and decipher it. You know, and so many folks are completely, utterly uh, benign to it, completely unaware. You know, and this is another thing I find interesting, um, these smart watches, you know, kind of like uh, Dick Tracy, you know, talking into the watch on these. Oh, my uh, son wrists. has one of those. They're actually selling these. Yes. And, you know, um, I know some folks that have got them, too. And I said, hey, do you know that this is nothing but pure acclimation to get you used to wearing an uh, RFID location? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought the same thing. Yeah, I hear you. You know, I mean, the cell phones do the same thing, but it's just the acclimation of having it strapped to your wrist. And we see some of these places around the world that are coming back into lockdowns and quarantines and building prison cities behind huge steel gates, especially there in the United Kingdom. You know, um, <clears throat> this is acclamation for total subserviency. And Dave, I had a vision there a few years ago, and I've always asked myself that question about why were people walking to their own demise to the guillotines so subserviently why were they not standing up why were they not fighting why were they not running the opposite direction they were just as if they were going on a leisurely stroll on sunday through the park to their own demise this technology through the internet of things the shot that they've injected into people and what it can do as if it was a prion affecting a living organism taking over that living organism now I understand how people could subserviently walk to their own demise if they are under the controlling guise of this system, the beast system, you know. And I mean, I know this is heavy, and I know a lot of people are like, oh, my God, that's so far over the top. That's out of the, you know, that's, that's you can't, no, 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 no. Hey, man, pay attention, because all of this of what we are talking about right now is very, very real, you know, um, People need to break that shell and look outside and see the world for what it is. I mean, you're, you know, take the, take the chains off, get out of Plato's cave, go walk out into the, you know, uh, the, the, the world 
and see it for what it is. You know, I mean, we can only warn so much. There's going to come a time where they turn everything off, and it will go to a form of state-ran media and state-ran Internet, or you won't be able to access anything well, just because, well, you know, we just can't get that turned back on right now. Um, but these are the plans they have for the total enslavement of the human species and the soul of which uh, gives us life, you know. And that soul, who wants to destroy that? That's right, the fallen ones and Satan and Lucifer. Um, this uh, plan that they have been executing now, it is of the utmost evil, vile, and despotic. Um, we cannot allot for this to happen, but as we said in the last broadcast, you know, I th I'm pretty sure we mentioned it, or we've mentioned it before, you know, if it wasn't for the return of Father and his only begotten Son, there would be no flesh left alive. And yeah, that's true. Close yeah, to yeah, that point. Yeah. Well, that's that's the goal. Um, Satan wanted to start with the soul, as I indicated, but had to settle on transhumanism, and this is really kind of their secondary thing, but they've made it almost a religion but see they get humans to go along with them because they're pra they're they're pro satan's promising immortality mhm mm oh absolutely yes you know um and it even says in scripture you know men will yearn for death but death will flee from them you know and uh speaking of sophia the ai all knowing robot i always have to say this dave because you know she's tied into everything right she's probably listening to this conversation right now and i always say this when i'm on air i go sophia are you listening to me <laughs> um these uh robots or um <laughs> ai antichrist um despotic uh, controllers that want to erase humanity do you know one thing that she said? I'm pretty sure you know this. Sophia said this. I want to keep people in my... I want to keep humans in my human zoo and take care of them. Oh, 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 oh yeah? Not this fellow. You know, um, this is over the top. And you have people working on these things like Hugo de Garis mm -hmm. uh, and, the, and the brain lab in uh, China. And I mean, look, I don't have anything against Hugo de Garis. I don't have anything against Ben Gortzel. Ben Gortzel is another man who's uh, very high up into this singularity and or transhumanism and the merging of man and machine and uh, robotic learning. I don't have nothing against the men, but against what they have studied to the extent for how much they've studied it. You know, um, Hugo de Garris, now I've watched a few interviews where, you know, he sits back and he goes, you know, I... He goes, I know I won't see it in my lifetime, but my grandchildren will. And he goes, it scares me to death to think of the things that we were working on and what we have created. <laughs> okay. You know, and he speaks of the Artelect War. You know, a point in time where this replication of the machines and the bio, biointech uh, um, nanotechnology will eventually outbuild and outpace the human species, making us more as relevant to okay the technology will make us as relevant to it as we look at plants so in other words you're down on the hierarchical pyramid of power and prestige well not only that i mean even the food chain so to speak you know um th did you know that they've got robots that are biofeeders 
that will go out and fuel themselves by eating dead bodies. This technology exists. You know, it came out here um, within the past, I think, was it maybe nine, eight or nine years ago, somewhere around there. And we've, I've reported on it a few different times. You know, um, if a mass casualty event happens, they've got these robots that will go out and clean people up and turn their biomass into fuel for the machine itself. You know, I mean, almost a, uh, what would it be, Soylent Green is people? <laughs> that just came to mind the minute you said that. Wow. Great minds think alike. Yeah, exactly. Yes. That's incredible. I, I agree. Uh, we, you know, I believe in predict, predictive programming. And in fact, this actually came up, the show came up in the discussion with Celeste this morning in a different context. But the old show, uh, The Last Ship, five-year show, six seasons, Michael Bay, producer, was not a lightweight. They had a, a deal in the show where people were converted and eaten, and the others who weren't needed powered the um, fuel for the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's uh, exactly what you're uh, saying. Did you, you know, I mean, I'm pretty sure you're aware of this. It came out, um, <clears throat> I think, over the past six years. No, I mean, no, it's maybe four. Four and a half, five years, somewhere. It's interesting. All this stuff is really, over the past four and a half, five, six years, has really picked up steam. <clears throat> and they were talking about, I think they passed it in Washington State, that if your loved one dies, you can literally have them be used for compost. I mean, this is, <laughs> you know. <laughs> do I get uh, to pick the relative? Because I've got a few I could think I'd like to do that with. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's, it's, it's wild, you know, like, yeah, well we're, well, we're eating these tomatoes. Aren't they very good? Yes, they're very tasty. Well, you wouldn't have known it, but, you know, it was Uncle Fred that uh, helped make these tomatoes, you know. Um, it, it, it's frightening to see all of this, you know, and, and I get to uh, this as well. Have you heard of a thing called, oh, it's escaping my mind right now, the deliverance machine? No. Okay, you'll have to look this up, especially with your uh, your uh, love for the psycho psychological field. I, I've got a love for the psychological field, <clears throat> studying these types of things. Well, don't keep and, us in suspense. Uh, Tell us what you know. <laughs> okay. Um, so the deliverance machine was a machine that was developed, I think it was around 93 or 94, if I'm not mistaken, early 90s. And people that felt that they wanted to leave this realm, you know, die would sit down in front of this computer. They would be hooked up intravenously to a uh, syringe and a plunger, you know, the plunger and the syringe, obviously, and a concoction of uh, drugs. And the computer would ask them a series of questions, the deliverance machine. If people haven't heard of it, check it out. This is very real. Mm -hmm. This gets to where they have the eugenics booths and the death chamber, or the death booths and... Uh, you know, death day for grandma, where, you know, yes, her last day, we're all going to gather around, and the doctor's going to give her a shot. Well, the deliverance machine, people would sit down, and they would say, okay, the machine would ask them a series of questions if they really wanted to die, if they were at the end of their rope, if you would. And, well, if they'd answered all the questions uh, correctly to the algorithms within this little computer, the plunger would be pushed and they would just drift off to sleep called the deliverance machine uh, you know um 
this is stuff nobody ever talks about ever you know but it's very real you know and now we have the big push for eugenics and uh you know you know pick the own day you want to die i mean this is um it's over the top i mean this falls right back to the luciferianistic satanistic uh goal of the destruction of the human species and if the human species can destroy itself well then therefore evil has won and that soul will be taken the deliverance machine go ahead <laughs> i'm not sure I, I i'll tell you I, I hope it's not true some kind of voting here and that's not good science but uh, I, I just hope that's not true i just hope it doesn't carry out to that extent but you know what i also know how things work with the mindset of our enemies you have yeah you know one of the things i learned in coaching put yourself in the mindset of your opponent um and you're going to do a lot better and i do the same thing here and i do know how they think there are no moral boundaries they think big um yeah i'm talking myself into believing this i don't want to believe this it's, it's, well, it's, it's, well dave it's almost as if you know i mean not only that but they also uh firmly put it before everybody's eyes to what they plan on doing that's yeah, true and i and i lay in reference to that movie i don't know if it's been released yet or if it uh is in the process of being of being released it's called songbird is the name of the movie songbird and if you haven't seen the trailer to that, Dave, you really need to check it out. Songbird, What's it called? Songbird? Songbird trailer. Spell it, please. Uh, S-O-N-G-B-I-R-D. Oh, just like it sounds. Uh, okay, all right. Yep, Songbird, a compound word, though, both of them together. And that's just the name of the movie. But in the preamble or the precept of the movie is, okay, it's 2023. COVID has uh, mutated X amount of times. COVID's actually mentioned in this. And Dave, you know movies are in production for four to five years before they're ever sure. released. This was uh, made public just uh, last year, the name of this, this this movie, right around the time COVID all began to come crashing down around everybody's ears. And I'm going to tell you, the trailer to this movie is absolutely imperatively frightening because it shows what they plan to do in the coming years total lockdowns if you leave your house and if you're deemed possibly infected you could be shot on site you have the health ambassadors coming to your door wanting to make sure you're not sick uh temperature scanners thermal readings all of this stuff and that's what they did to us every time we go into a gym a restaurant taking our that's temperatures right. Hospital. yeah there's a lot of desensitization going on there absolutely without a doubt you know and you know, um, it makes me wonder, all of those that are out there that are good Christians, not, hey, look, I'm a Christian too. I'm not the most excellent Christian in the world, but hey, look, I'm a Christian, and I believe in Father, and I believe in his only begotten Son, and I do know that there is a Satan, there is Lucifer, and there are demonic entities. This stuff is real. But when you drop something on somebody's head as you're going through the door and they're scanning your forehead and you say, oh, you're getting me acclimated for the Antichrist and the Mark of the Beast, they give you just this complete and total utter blank stare. Have you ever said that to anybody? Oh, absolutely, Dave. I said well, it to how the they react? In the, I'd say it to the people in the door in the vestibule of the hospital going for my general checkup. They acted as if I might have been the madman on the corner holding the sign, you know, the end is nigh. <laughs> but the thing is, you know, folks, 
How long is it? You got to shock the hell out of a lot of people for them to get and understand the times that we're really in. And I hate that that has to be the fact of the matter or the ruse of the day, but that is just what it is. You have to get the people to understand the lateness of the hour because it's quickly coming. And, you know, after I said that, I had to have the hospital director stand over me as my blood is drawn. He goes, I have to stand right here. Oh, yes, you've got that knife on your hip. Well, always carry a knife. We live in a rural area. It's like, okay, yes, I get your point of view. There's a lot of crazies in the world and this and that. But, you know, they, they, they paint a picture of a person in a way that looks more suitable to them. And it's through domineering control and or subs- sub- subserviency. Um, this is the all-out oligarchical control of technocracy of what's coming forth and you know this will make the communism of the 1950s 60s and 70s look like child's play um, once they accomplish this agenda of the internet of things and singularity and transhumanism well I don't know what to say to that except they don't believe that in fact, um, I had a video yellow tag today. That means they don't pay for ads. They don't really take action against you. But I talked about uh, the fact that private property is going to disappear, and I gave examples of how it's already happening, and they didn't like that because you know why? That's what they want to do. Right. They want I mean, to come after it, us. Yeah, they, they do. They absolutely want to come after us. The Internet of Things, the one thing that you said that I really remember well and I used to talk about this because I got told this by a, a high-ranking military officer with a good technology background. Um, he told me, and I used to repeat this, and people would laugh at me. Uh, they said, well, how do they spy on you? They just they, they get the vibrations off your window. And I said, that's like 40 years old, 50 years old. That's what the police used to do. A, a listening dome. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and I said, no, it's a little more sophisticated than that now. They said, what is it? I said, well, you're, remember, what did they change? The UHF, was that it? Uh, or the uh, VHF? From, uh, it was one to the digi- other. I forget what the, what the from, transition was. From analog to digital. And yeah, there you go. Been, That's what, a better way to put it. Thank you. Yeah. So when you go from analog to digital, what they did was um, they made it so if there was an electric source that was active in your area, I don't care if it's your washing machine uh, your lights, it didn't matter what it was. Anything that emits energy can spy on you. Well, anything, anything. Yes. That's mm-hmm. why they made the change. They wanted to be able to spy on you through TVs. That's why they made the change. Absolutely, without a doubt. You know, and it makes me think of this because, you know, within this uh, graphene oxide, um, basically what they're saying it does is it, you know, uh, manipulates the DNA and everybody's DNA is, uh, everybody is different, and the DNA attenuates to a specific frequency. Everybody's frequency that their body attenuates to is different. And with this, now they're going to be able to uh, be able to control a person to whatever degree. Now, you know, it's like uh, the faculty, like, okay, yeah, your computer can be hacked, your phone can be hacked, you can lose your bank statements, or you can lose your bank account. Somebody just takes the whole darn thing well what happens if a person is totally infected with this system 
of graphene oxide and nanoparticulate tubules and nanobots and uh, hydrogel and all these different things. What happens when that person is hijacked? You know, um, could you imagine? We've went through our lives to this point. We have all the knowledge we have to this point. But if we were infected with this, all of that could be turned off in the flip of a switch, in the blink of an eye. You would never think, know, see, or recognize anything. I mean, you would literally become an invalid. I mean, uh, a potato, if you would. Uh, you, you know, this is where they are going with this technology. Do you remember the movie, and I can't remember the name of it, something with presidents in it, but um, your cell phone was a transducer to something that could blow everybody's head up? It was half comedy, half... It was like... It was kind of like their due diligence to put the technology out in public so you could see it, but it was done in a humorous way. Hmm. I can't think of the name of it. Oh, got it. But I think President was in the title, but it was a movie where, you know, they could blow up everybody's head on command. I mean, and it was frequency-based. This might be wrong. Idiocracy? No. Okay. I was that I know. A, I, was, I was taking a stab at it, so... Uh, no, I, I, I don't know, but the, the technology, I'd say, exists. So, for instance, um, I come across a news story the other day of a uh, 16-year-old girl in Italy, uh, perfectly healthy, took the shot, and uh, she developed one of the most severe brain embolisms uh, that this neurosurgeon has said in his 35 years of doing the work that he does, a neurosurgeon. He's never seen anything like it in his entire life. And this gets back to what you said here about, a, oh, I don't know, maybe four or five, I don't know, a few weeks ago, about Bill Gates, Ebola, and their ability to get a second lockdown. I would imagine, Dave, if somebody has a aneurysm the size of a baseball in their brain, mm -hmm. that if that thing ruptured, oh yeah, you're going to think Ebola, absolutely, because blood's going to come out of error-free orifices of the face and the head. Huh. Ears, nose, mouth, eyes. You know, um, <clears throat> but it's being reported on, and it's interesting. A lot of the people that do die from this uh, experiment that they're running, and it's it's full fledged an experiment. They've even come out and slipped up and said it on uh, national news somewhere. I remember I've seen it, um, <clears throat> but. My God, I've got so many. I'm, I'm scrolling through news articles as I'm looking here because I'm trying to find some of this here. I've got so many broadcasts put together in news. It's just insane. Um, but it's in uh, the European Union is stating that... Oh, come on. I'm trying to find it. Like I said, I can't find it. But it came out today and the European Union was saying uh, millions have died from this shot. And it's being hidden in the European Union's uh, database. Yes, I'd say, yeah, exactly. I've seen that. Then this here, right here, yeah, this is it. Moderna representative admits during phone call that everyone getting vaccinated is part of phase three of trials. Now, there's a guy, we did a broadcast last night on our home station uh, during the High Council roundtable. And the host, mechanic, excellent guy uh, what a great host he uh <clears throat> he found a video of a man who's done in-depth patent research 
into all of these things, the coronavirus, HIV, uh, and then all, you know, SARS, uh, co- uh, just, just SARS original, it's, uh, you know, SARS, uh, what was that, the something respiratory virus. Nonetheless, but all of these patents were dating back to like 93, 94. They were working on all of this stuff that they've executed upon the populace of the earth 21 years ago, starting in 94. Yeah, yeah. That's how far back this guy went back looking into the patents that have been filed. And they even, get this, Dave, they even paid the extra surcharge so that the patents would remain private. Yeah, we're, we're going to have to hold this here because this is fascinating. By the way, I'll tell you, I, I was pulling up stuff as you were talking about this. There are at least 10 movies that had heads blow up by frequency, but the movie I was referring to was 2015, and it was called Kingsman. Hmm, that was the movie. Oh, it's listen, it's funny, but you're thinking like, this could really happen. I'm going to have to actually look into this. John, we just got a, a less than a minute left. Tell people how they listen to your show. Yes, every Saturday, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, The Unequivocal Truth, Death Con 1, with me, John Wayne, at revolution.radio, freedomslips.com. And you're in Studio A. Yes, sir. Yes, you I should be in Studio, yes, Studio A. A. Yeah, yes, you absolutely. should be. I'm, I'm a member of the man. I'm a member of management of the station too. I was just inducted to that uh, oh, the beginning awesome. of this year too. Congratulations! So, you know. that, that's that's terrific. Well, my friend, we are flat out of time. I hope everyone enjoyed. Uh, to me, this was a fascinating interview. This went too fast. But John, on that note, we got to run, my friend. I'm going to get cut off if I don't. So thanks for joining yep. us. Good stuff. Godspeed, Dave.